Hello, this is Donnie Foster, the pastor of the Journey Church in Fort Worth, Texas. My prayer is the message you are about to hear will be a source of blessing and encouragement in your life. At the conclusion, I'll share a few closing words and a prayer. May the Lord bless you as you listen. got your Bibles, join me in Luke chapter 24. Well, here's where we've been the last several Sundays. We've been talking about shedding fear. You see the logo of our current sermon series up on the screens this morning. And what we've been talking about is how to identify fears in our lives that we just need to get rid of. Also, how to identify genuine fears and how to deal with them and overcome them and the power that God gives us to do that. And last week, it really culminated when we began talking about the cross. Last week was Palm Sunday, but Palm Sunday represents the final week of Jesus' life leading up to the cross on Good Friday. And we talked about the fears that ensued in the original disciples' lives. In fact, we took just a moment and started talking about this group of followers of Jesus. Acts chapter 1 tells us it was about 120 people. That included the original uh, 12 disciples, by the time of the cross, it's 11 because Judas had betrayed Jesus, was no longer with him. And along with those other those 11, there were somewhere in the neighborhood of another 110 people or so to a total about 120, according to Acts chapter 1. And for a little while, after the cross had taken place, after Jesus had died, but before he had risen again, from Friday afternoon to Sunday morning, there was this in-between period. We talk about what it must have been like for those original disciples. Now, we know the whole story. We can see the resurrections coming. They could not. Living in between, looking past, looking to the past was difficult for them. They did not understand the past. They didn't fully understand the cross. And because they were living in between, it was difficult for them to go forward and embrace the future. They were living in this in-between time. And we took and applied that to our own lives because there are certainly times when we are living in the in-between. We don't really understand the past and we're a little bit fearful of what the future holds. Does that relate to anybody this morning? Say amen. amen. We've, we've all been there. And if we're, we have it, we will. <laughs> and maybe you are this morning. But here's what I want to do this morning. I want us to go on a walk with two men who are part of that inner circle of Jesus. They weren't part of the original 12 disciples, but they were a part of that 120. And here's the situation. Because they were followers of Jesus, they were very concerned about what had taken place. And they go on this walk on Sunday morning, the very first Easter. And in our minds, we think, well, if I could go back to that original Easter, how cool you know, would it have been to be there? But for those original followers of Christ, it was still a shaky time. 
because he didn't quite understand. Here's these two men, and they've actually left the in-between. Jesus had risen that morning. In fact, these guys knew about it. Uh, there were women who had gone down to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus, and when they got there, the stone was rolled away. You know the story that the, the grave was empty, amen? But they came back and told the disciples, and you know what? They were like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're seeing things. I don't believe you. These were two of those guys. And so distraught with what had gone on, they go on a walk. This portion of scripture is known as the road to Emmaus. Two men on the road to Emmaus. Sunday morning, leaving the in-between, already in the resurrection period, but not actually realizing it just yet. So what happens? Jesus arrives on the walk with them. And, and I love how we sang a moment ago about because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Amen. But in that, uh, in, in that song that, that, uh, that we sang, it's just so powerful. I, I thank God for that. But they didn't quite know Jesus was alive. So Jesus arrives to take this journey with them to help them embrace the life that is before them. Because, oh, what a glorious life they had before them. They just didn't realize it. And here's what happens. They go on a seven-mile walk, seven miles, that would change their lives forever. Join me in Luke chapter 24. And let me just share this incredible story with you. If you're excited about the Lord, say amen. Amen. It says this. That very day, the very day of the resurrection, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from and they were talking with each other about these things that had happened. And while they were walking and discussing together, guess what? Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So here's the situation. This road from Jerusalem to Emmaus, seven miles. It was a very popular thoroughfare. It's kind of like a modern-day highway. There would have been crowded streets. It's a, it's a sunny morning to them the first day of the week. People are going to work, going back home. They've been in, in town to Jerusalem for the, for the Passover feast. And, and it would have been crowded most likely. And so it would been very easy for Jesus to kind of just be walking along and listening to what they're talking about and just join right in with their conversation. But the Lord clouded their eyes so that they couldn't tell exactly who it was. And notice in verse 17 it says, And he, Jesus, said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? It's like, I overheard you. What are you talking about? And notice it says, and they stood still looking sad. This whole thought just brought them to a standstill. It's kind of a metaphor of where they are in life. They're not understanding the past, not ready to embrace the future, not ready to embrace life. And this whole situation had brought them to a standstill. Verse 18, then one of them named Cleopas answered him and said, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? I love Jesus' response. Uh, what things? You know? They're like, there's this whole thing going on. Jesus is like, tell me about the things. I want to know. And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Can you imagine staring Jesus in the face and trying to tell him about himself, right? A man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and were before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. Forget what they said. But we had hoped. Oh, they had their own hopes about this situation. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. The word redeem means to pay the bill. 
You know what they were looking for? They were looking for a political Jesus. Looking for someone to come along and just pay the bill, to take care of all their worries and all their doubts, kind of like a genie in the bottle. We hope that's what Jesus would be for us. But you know what? It didn't work out that way. Then they say, yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things happened. They said that because most Jews believe within the, that, that short period of time, before the third day arose that someone had been dead, they believed that a resurrection could take place. So they did believe in miracles, but with limitations. It's like, yeah, someone can come back from the dead, but it's too late now. I'm moreover now, it, it's just too late. But, you know, we just can't do it. Besides all this, and in verse 22 he says, moreover. It just kind of goes on. Their, their whining continues, if you will. Some women of our company amazed us. That word amazed there means freaked us out. It's literally what it means. Some women went down to the tomb early in the morning, and they did not find his body. And they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels. It was like they were so freaked out, we didn't even believe them. We said, you've got to be seeing things, all right? Who said that he was alive. So what happens, verse 24, some of those who are with us went down to the tomb, you know what, to check out their story, fact checkers, there's even fact checkers in the Bible, right, and found it just as the women had said. In other words, they fact check it, found out their story is true, but they did not see him. And since it was only the women who saw him, we're not going to believe. By the way, ladies, I think it's significant that Jesus showed him, revealed himself to women first. Can I get an amen from the ladies this morning? Come on, ladies, that was weak, right? Come on, ladies, amen? I think there's some significance to that. Absolutely, that's, that's powerful. It's powerful. I don't know what you said, but I'm, I'm guessing you probably shouldn't have said it, amen? <laughs> I, I think that's significant. They go down, they check, and but they, so we didn't see, so we didn't believe him. And I love Jesus' response in verse 25. Oh, foolish one. Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. I love what he said. You've told me your interpretation of this situation. Now, let me tell you how it really, how it really is. He says, was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? He says, you wanted it a certain way. Life hasn't gone exactly the way you wanted it to. But what you need to understand is you're not in control, but God is. Was it not necessary? And I love this, verse 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them, all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. That is when the Old Testament came alive, right there. You see, the old, everything in the Old Testament pointed to Jesus Christ. And it comes alive right there to them. Verse 28, so they drew near the village to which they were going, and I love this, Jesus acted as if he was going further. I like this. We're just talking, and Jesus like, all right, you guys have a nice day, all right? And he, he, he knowing all well what's going to happen and what they're going to do, but as he begins to walk, what do they say? Oh, no, 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 stay with us. Don't go, don't leave. It's towards evening. The day is far spent. So he went in to stay with them, and he was at table with them. And notice this. When he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, that's when their eyes were open. They recognized him, and when they finally realized who he was, boom, he vanished from their sight. And oh, I love this. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road? Understand this morning, they were on the road in a difficult period of life. Jesus came. 
and they received his words, and their hearts burned within them. Understand, sometimes to embrace the life that is ahead of us, we have to experience that journey that is often difficult. And that's when Jesus shows up, and when we listen to him, our hearts burn within us. And our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. You know what we need more than anything else when life is difficult? We need the word of God. Amen. Guys, listen to me. When life goes nuts, don't you go running from the church. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Don't do it. You get right back here. This is not a museum for the saints. It is a hospital for sinners. Amen. 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 You come here when you're hurting. You don't stay home. You get here. We're not going to judge you. We're going to love you because we're just as jacked up as you are. Amen? Amen. That's us. That's what Christ does for us. And it says they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven of those who were with them gathered together. And you know what they said? Guess what, guys? The Lord has risen indeed. Amen? I love this. I love that the disciples said, hey, there's this whole thing going on. And Jesus is like, tell me about this thing. Since it was Jesus, he obviously was aware of everything, right? Which means he didn't really want to hear them tell their version of it so much as he wanted to know what was going on in their own hearts and minds. And that's the great thing about our God. Let's take those few things they said to him this morning and let's learn from them how Jesus helped them embrace life because of the resurrection and how we can learn to embrace life because Jesus is alive today. Look at the very first thing that they said to him. Their, their explanation in verse 27 says, But we had hoped. Amen. We had hoped. See, Jesus' plan did not fit into their personal hopes and desires. We said it a moment ago, but that word redeemed means to pay the bill. They simply wanted Jesus to meet all of their personal expectations. Let me tell a story. When I was a kid... I fell in love with the Vaughn Erics. Does anybody know what that means when I say that? Can I get an amen? All right. I fell in love with the Vaughn Erics. They were the Hulk Hogan's. They were the Undertaker. They were, they were the heroes of the day. They were the wrestlers that were on every Saturday night. But what they did is they filmed wrestling at the old Sportatorium on Friday nights. And so when I was a kid, that's a picture of the old Sportatorium, downtown Dallas. I begged my parents, please let me go to the Sportatorium. I want to go down there. I want to meet Carrie Von Eric and Kevin Von Eric and David Von Eric. I want to see the free birds. I, I want to see the junkyard dog. Come on, right? I want to see these guys. And I want to experience them. And I want to go down there. And my dad looked at me and says, ain't no way you're going down there, Jack. You're not going. And I was just distraught. I was mad. I held a grudge for years. I'm serious about this. One day I'm fully grown and I'm in my car, days before GPS, I get turned around in downtown Dallas and somehow I end up in a rough part of town, in a parking lot, and I look up and that's what I see. And at that moment I realize that I am so glad my parents never allowed my childish hopes to put me in harm's way, amen? You see, that's what happens sometimes in life. What we hope... God is sitting there going, that's not what you really want. <laughs> that's what you think you want. That's what you think you need, but that is not what you need. You see, these guys wanted Jesus to pay the bill of delivering Israel from Roman rule, and their hopes were dashed when he died. But in retrospect, Jesus delivered them from a far greater enemy than Rome. Amen? Amen. 
1 Peter 1.13 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again, get this, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Church, I want to let you know this morning, Jesus helps us embrace life by teaching us that he is our hope. He is our hope. He did not rise again to make our hopes and dreams come to pass, but rather to give hope to the hopeless. Without Christ, we have no hope. That is why life is not about our hopes, but rather to glorify the one who gives hope to those who have no hope. Amen? Amen. Verse 21, they go on to say, besides all this, it's the third day. <laughs> it's too late. We believe in miracles, but only within parameters that make good logical sense. I know some Christians like this. You believe Jesus can work miracles? Oh, absolutely. You believe he can do this? No, 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 that's too much. Got to be right here in this little box. As long as it's right here and it makes good logical sense, I'm all for it. I, I believe in it. Listen to me today. That's not how God works. This morning, I know one of the things that I, I, I often hear and think about our building right here, no, no one ever comes to our building and looks around and goes, wow, what a gigantic building. <laughs> People always say, y'all have church in here? Really? It's so small. No one, no one's ever impressed with the size of this building. It's small. But that's okay. You know why? The truth is, this building was acquired 11 days after I told the pastor Graham these words. I said, we, he had called me and said, have you found a building yet? We're meeting seven months in a, in, a, in a cafeteria at a school. And I said, well, we found a building, but we have no money, so there's no logical reason to I said to him, all right? And I'm glad he said to me, well, God's not very logical sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. Let's pray. Eleven days later, eleven days after I said that, I took a check for $138,000 to the bank, and we bought the notes. When I look around, I don't see a small building. I see evidence that Jesus doesn't care if it makes good logical sense. Amen. When he decides to provide, get ready to chapter 1, verses 27 through 30 says this, but God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring not to nothing, things that are, so that no human being may boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification through redemption. Oh, my. So, and it goes on to say, so it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus helps us embrace life by proving to him, that to us, that he is our wisdom. Right. We don't need our own wisdom. We just need God's wisdom. He is our wisdom. Not only is our hope sometimes does not make logical sense, but that's okay because he's above all human logic. Amen? Yeah. They go on to verse 22 and they say this, Moreover, some of the women, they, they amazed us. And, and, and I was kind of interested in that word amazed. I, I, I looked it up and truly in the, in the original Greek, we would translate that today. They were freaking us out, man. Alright? They just, they just freaked us out. And, and they came back and they told this story and and the guys just dismissed it and said, you have to have seen a vision of angels. You guys are seeing things. 
They weren't saying, you ladies are amazing, you know, being at the tomb all early and stuff. Way to go, all right? They were saying, yo, stop freaking us out, man, all right? We're up here mourning. We don't know what's going on. You're saying Jesus is back, and I just don't believe it because I hadn't seen him. Whew, when I think about that, I think about this past week. A lot of you are aware of this, some of you are not, but this past week has been very difficult for me personally and for our family. In our church family, we lost a church member last Sunday, Brother Jerry Robbins. Some of you may not know his name, but if you're here on Sunday, you know because he's usually right there. not sure there's been a more strenuous, stressful, grievous week in my entire life than the past several weeks. There have been a few that were as difficult, but none more so. And yet here's the deal. Wednesday night, DJ and I, and I'm telling you, this, this is how things work. Technology always works when things are going good, when things go crazy, the technology crashes, right? <laughs> good reason. DJ and I were up here late. We were end up being here until about, I don't know, 1.30 in the morning, somewhere in there. But I, I, he said, Dad, you can't, I, I need to work on this. Just go home. And I was like, okay. I, I, I'm staying right here with you. We're going to do this together. And I just started preparing this message. God started working. And here's what I wrote on Wednesday. And I, I actually have a, this is a smaller screenshot. All right, just to prove to you, I wrote this Wednesday. It says April 13th down there. And on the next screen, it's going to zoom in on the time, 10.28 p.m. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And uh, just prove I wrote this Wednesday night. Here's what God said to me at 10.28, right about this day. I am amazed at how God's grace has seen us through. I am amazed at how the band has come together in the face of adversity. And you did that this week, man. Yeah. You did that. I'm amazed at the strength that, and there's still the typo still in there, all right? It was late. I left it, so it's legit. I should say God, not Gog. Amen? Sorry, Jesus. But it was late, and I was crying, all right, at the strength God gave DJ to work in the neighborhood of what had to be 80 to 100 hours this week to get us ready. I'm amazed at how good God is, and life does its best to freak me out. Amen, church? First Thessalonians since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. He ain't talking about napping. He's talking about dying. You see, the resurrection proves that even death cannot dilute the power of God. And listen, the next time life freaks us out, let's just stop. helps us embrace life by revealing that he is truly amazing. He is truly amazing. When, when we, can, we can embrace life, if we will be amazed by Jesus Christ. Finally, what did they say to Jesus in verse 24? As they're on this journey, this seven-mile journey that changed their life, as they're distraught, thinking they're in the in-between, but not realizing they're in the resurrection period, Jesus shows up to shut the tell them and reveal that to them. 
they said that there were those among them, verse 24, that found the tomb just as the women had said. They went down and corroborated the story. You know, it, it, it checks out. They, they did the fact checking. But him, they did not see. See, despite all the evidence that Jesus had risen, because they didn't see him personally, they did not believe. Even after investigating the account of ladies and find the situation just to be at just as they had described, they did not believe. Why? Because they did not see. Oh, I love what Jesus said to Thomas. Remember doubting Thomas? You see, later on in this evening, when these two disciples take that seven-mile journey the next day back to, uh, or that same night back to Jerusalem, they don't even, they don't even wait the night. They, they hustle back. In other words, can you imagine on the way they're walking and they're whining and they're complaining on the way back? They had to be belly bumping and high-fiving and running all the way, right? And they get back and they're like, Jesus is risen indeed. And that night, Jesus shows up and reveals himself to everyone except for Thomas. Thomas didn't come to church that night. He stayed home, and, and he gets there a week later, and he's like, I, I'm not going to believe unless I can uh, stick my hands in, in, in your, my fingers in your hands where they nailed you and shove my hand up in your side. I'm not going to believe unless I can see with my own eyes. And Jesus shows up and says, here you go, John. Uh, uh, Thomas, go right ahead. I love that about God. You tell God what it's going to take to believe, and he'll go, here you go. Right here. That's the business our God. And then, then Thomas is like, oh, I believe. And what does Jesus say? He says to him in John 20, 29, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you something. Several years ago, it's been a little over 20 years now, I taken a college class, Karen and I, that we were teaching in Sea, Texas. Took them down to a retreat down in Gallatin, Texas, and rented a couple beach houses, and we were there all weekend. On Sunday, we were all going to watch the Cow Dallas Cowboy game together, all right? And then when we got done with the game, we are going to pack up and leave. Well, it was one of those typical Dallas Cowboy games, all right? We still had the great trick in a quarterback, and Emmett Smith was still in the backfield. You know, we still had some of those greats, actually, when we were actually good, all right? And not just pretending to be good every year and dashing our hopes, all right? But back then, we were really good. But, man, it was a tough game. We are playing, you know, back then it was still the Washington Redskins. And they were playing against them. And this game was going back and forth, you know. And it went down to overtime. And it seemed like every time I left the room, the Cowboys would score. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit superstitious when it comes to the Cowboys. <laughs> so I just started staying out of the room. I'd go in over and do something. Well, we got first down. Oh, they scored. And it, it, when it got to overtime, I was so freaked out. I said, I'm just going to go load, start loading the car. And everybody's like, no, 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 stay, stay. No, I gotta go. I was just so nervous. This is ridiculous. I know, but I get down and I'm underneath this beach house. If you ever seen a beach house, you know they're always on these big pillars, these big stilts, and they're about ten foot tall, top tall. There's about 25, 30 college students up there watching this game as Aikman drops back and hits Rocket Ishmael over the middle for about an 80 yard touchdown to win in overtime. Now I knew what had happened because that beach house was a rock. All right. I mean, it was shaking and rattling. The people were jumping up and down. And I was like, oh, man, something good happened. I ran back upstairs. I'm like, you missed it. You missed it. We got a touchdown. You know, everybody's going nuts and going nuts and going crazy. Now, I want you to think about something. How foolish would it have been for me to go upstairs in that moment and refuse to believe that we had won the game because I hadn't seen it myself. All the evidence was there. 
the celebration was there. There's no doubt in my mind that we had I knew we'd won the game before I got the stairs because I had seen the response of those who were following the game. Understand something, church. What we can't see in the future, Jesus has already planned out to the very end. That's right. Amen. We don't need to see it. By providing victory to all who believe. Let me just start to wrap all this up this morning. The resurrection would be a feeble, silly, ridiculous thing to celebrate if it was about our hopes. If it was about what we could logically explain. If it was about something that didn't completely amaze us. It was only based on what we have seen. Oh, it would be a ridiculous thing to celebrate. But I've got news for you this morning. In fact, I've got really good news for you. One glimpse of heaven and how much better it is than anything else we've ever experienced. And we will be glad Jesus didn't cave into all of our hopes, but rather came to give hope to the hopeless. Amen? Amen. You see, it doesn't, doesn't make logical sense that, that God would decide to come here in the flesh in order to die to pay the price for my sins and then rise again on the third day. Why would he do that? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, but aren't you glad that Jesus isn't bound what makes logical sense to mankind. Amen? And he just shows off his power and his wisdom anyway. Oh, let me tell you, church, I am amazed at Jesus. I am amazed that he would die for me. I am amazed that he would rise for me. I'm amazed that he is willing to amaze me when I freak out. I am amazed at the fact that he would use a feeble man like me. I am amazed at everything Jesus does. And that's why I stand here and proclaim to you today. Jesus is, is ready to provide hope and wisdom and amazement and victory to any and all who embrace life on the journey that is Jesus. Church, let me tell you something. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. And I've never seen Jesus. I, I've never said, there's this whole thing going on. Jesus is like, tell me about the thing. Really, Jesus is going to tell them about the thing. Amen? Because our faith is the only thing in this world worth living for. And the only thing that 
asked me, what will faith do for us today? Let me tell you what faith will do for us today. It is sure there ain't no grave that can hold us in. Thank you for listening to this message. Our goal is to reach people all over the globe with the good news of God's Word. If you would like to partner with us by making a donation, visit our website at journey-church.com. That's journey-church.com on a PC or laptop and simply click on the Donate tab on our homepage. By partnering with us, you will help us reach the world for the cause of Christ. Allow me to pray for you. Lord, I pray you bless those who have heard your word today. May you also bless their family and those whom you place in their paths. I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.